Hello, and welcome to Revolution 22's teaching podcast. We are a church from the downtown area in Boise, Idaho. Thank you for joining us today and hearing this week's sermon. We pray that God's word will be received and will bear fruit in your life. Thank you, worship team. I love this time of year. These songs are just so good. Nostalgic and full of truth. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Everywhere you go. You can hear it in the music. You can feel it in the shopping frenzy. And we get to celebrate Advent in this Advent series as a church. Something I'm deeply excited about and grateful for. Because it gives me the opportunity to take my eyes off of myself in order to gaze into this beautiful mystery of the incarnation of the eternal Son of God, the enfleshment of the eternal Son of God to become the one and only Prince of Peace who destroyed the works of the devil and conquered the power of sin to restore ultimate and unshakable peace to his people, and to a fallen, broken world. Which is why those angels celebrated in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and following, by proclaiming the good news of great joy in verse 10. For unto you, verse 11, is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of angels of the heavenly host praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace. You may know that the restoration of peace, shalom, as the Hebrews called it, life as it was meant to be in and under the God who made us for himself, the restoration of shalom, life as it was meant to be to a broken, weary world, was a central theme that ran throughout the Old Testament. The Hebrew word shalom is a rich and beautiful word that captures the deepest longings of our hearts. It's one of those words, onomatopoeia, rich and beautiful and sounds like what it is, shalom, perfect wholeness, perfect rightness, harmony, satisfaction, life as it was meant to be in and under Yahweh. The one and only God who we will see today is the eternal source of infinite and perfect shalom that overflowed in God's decision to create us in his image that we might enjoy shalom with him and thereby fill the earth with his glory by partnering with him to fill the earth with shalom. Now, the good news is that because God's plan to glorify himself in this way flowed from his eternal, unchanging character, not even our sin against God, not even our rebellion against God in Eden, not even our rebellion against God in our personal lives could keep him from capturing a people for himself 
to share shalom with him that will one day fill the earth. All and only because of the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Shalom, the angels were celebrating that night on that first Christmas Eve. The first Christmas Eve when we celebrated the words of Isaiah come true in Isaiah 9, 6, and 7 where the prophet Isaiah, long before Jesus came, told us that a a child is born to us or would be born to us, a son, the son is given to us. And the government, that is God's restored, shalom-filled kingdom shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and say it with me, Prince of Peace. Shalom, Prince of Shalom in the Hebrew. To the increase of his government and of peace, that is Shalom, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forever. And I love how this passage ends. The zeal of the Lord will do this. God himself guaranteed that the Prince of Shalom would come and now has come to restore shalom to a fallen world, thereby guaranteeing, as we will see today, that we who are his can increasingly enter and enjoy the shalom that will one day fill the earth by abiding in the prince of shalom who purchased shalom, perfect peace for us. We're going to spend the rest of our time this morning unpacking what this means and what it looks like for us to increasingly experience peace, shalom, the shalom that Jesus, the peacemaker, brings. But to do that, we need to unpack and apply two theological truths that together invite us into the beautiful reality of shalom. But I want to warn you, here's your sermon warning. I'm going to take you deep this morning, all right? But it's going to be worth it, but you're going to have to put on your participants and pay attention, all right? Because we're going to go. Are you ready? Do you have your sermon buddy? Okay, we're going. To understand the nature of the shalom that the Prince of Shalom purchased for us, we must first understand that the shalom God invites us into actually existed for eternity within the divine community of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who, before creating anything else, enjoyed eternal, uninterrupted harmony, satisfaction, and joy in and with one another. They experienced shalom, Life as it was meant to be within the Godhead. And this experience of shalom flowed from their infinitely deep and eternal love for one another, which is why Jesus prays in John 17, 24, Father, you loved me before the foundation of the world, which in the context of John's gospel meant eternity. 
which means that Jesus is remembering, recalling in one of those moments where he's, he's thinking back into eternity as the eternal son of God. And he's saying, Father, I remember and I know that you loved me in eternity past. And then in John 14, 31, the son of God declares his love for the father in the same passage, in the same prayer where he remembers that he shared the eternal glory, the divine glory with the Father. Reminding us that the Son of God has been loving the Father and the Father has been loving the Son forever, for eternity. And then we see in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, that the Holy Spirit was celebrating the Father's love for his Son. When Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven, the voice of God the Father, booms and says, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. I like Michael Reeves' comment on these verses. Before he ever created, before he ever ruled the world, before anything else, this God was the Father loving his Son in his Holy Spirit. Here, the Father declares his love for his Son and his pleasure in his Son, and he does so as the Spirit rests on him. Perfect shalom. The shalom that God invites us into actually existed in eternity past, in fullness, in the divine community of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Try to get your mind around that. Ask God to help you understand that perfect, love-filled shalom has always characterized the experience of the triune God. And it overflowed in God's decision to create us in his image. Why? That we might enter and enjoy that shalom with him and with one another. And thereby point a shalom-starved world to him. Which is why Jesus prayed in in just one of the most mysterious but powerful passages in Scripture in John chapter 17, verse 21. He's praying to the Father in his high priestly prayer right before he he goes to the cross. And and he says, Father, I pray that they, who's they? It's you, it's us, it's his disciples. I pray that my disciples may all be one. And then he says, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, I pray that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. Now, this prayer of Jesus blows my mind because it almost sounds like Jesus is praying that we could become part of the Trinity. But we know that's not what he's saying because God is God and we are not. And yet he's saying something very profound. He's bumping right up to that possibility, which cannot be to say that in him, we can enter the fellowship enjoyed by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That because of what Jesus did for us in his perfect life, sacrificial death, resurrection, and ascension, we who are his can somehow enter and enjoy the fellowship that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit enjoyed 
for eternity. The God-centered shalom that he created us to enjoy, that he created Adam and Eve to enjoy with him in Eden. The shalom that Adam and Eve experienced until they rebelled against God, the source of shalom, and plunged themselves and us under the curse of sin. So that having forfeited shalom, neither we nor our world are what we were meant to be. Does anybody know that? Anybody see the effects of the fall? Anybody see the brokenness, the war, the disease, the death, the evil, the hate, mental illness, broken relationships? We all experience these things. Addiction, suffering at the hands of others, causing others to suffer. Yeah, we're both victims and culprits in the fall. Neither we nor our world are what we were meant to be and don't we know it. Like my, my favorite Christmas hymn declares, Long lay the world in sin and error, pining, pining, languishing under the curse of sin which had seemingly thwarted God's plan to fill the earth with his glory by filling it with shalom. But how many of you know that God never has a plan B? Aren't you glad about that? He doesn't have to go, dang, what are we going to do? Gabriel, get down here. They ate the apple. God never has a plan B, only his eternal certain plan A that flows from his eternal unchanging character. It leads us to the second theological truths we need truth we got to get our mind around in order to, to enter into this beautiful shalom that Jesus provides for us, namely this: God's plan to restore shalom to us who rebelled against him was part of his eternal, unstoppable plan to fill the earth with his glory by filling it with shalom. But if that's true then even our rebellion against God in Eden was part of God's eternal purpose and plan. Have you ever thought about that? What do I mean? Simply this, that God's eternal plan to fill the earth with shalom always included Christmas. The incarnation of the Son of God to become the one and only Prince of Shalom who alone would restore God's shalom-filled kingdom to the earth by restoring shalom to those, we read in Ephesians chapter 1, that God chose in Christ before the foundation of the world. In this context, that means in eternity past, that in Christ we should be holy and blameless before Him. I love this. In love. God predestined us for adoption as sons and daughters to himself through Jesus Christ according to the eternal purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us who are his, his beloved. See, this is why I say that God's eternal plan to fill the earth with shalom always included Christmas. 
God the Father's plan to send his son to restore shalom to his people and rule over his restored shalom-filled kingdom. Alongside God the Son's plan to voluntarily become one of us. To live the perfect life that you cannot live. That I cannot and will not live. Which qualified him to die a sacrificial death to pay the penalty for your sins and mine. As we come to him by faith, he cancels our sin. He cancels sin's power to condemn us. And it is sin that separates us from God, that keeps us from being at peace with God. And so what Jesus did at the cross was cancel that which kept us the enemies of God so that we could be forgiven for our sins and be at peace with him. After Jesus died, he rose again. Having conquered sin's power to condemn us, he rose again, conquering sin's power to control us so that we could enter into and enjoy the shalom, the peace with God, life as it was meant to be, a right relationship with God that brings us into a right relationship with ourselves, one another, and the rest of creation. And then he ascended into heaven where he reigns now so that we could abide in him through his spirit to enter into this life. Get your mind around this. Ask God's help to do so. God's plan to restore shalom to us who rebelled against him was part of his eternal unstoppable plan to fill the earth with his glory. All right, take a breath. Does it feel better, Steve? Yeah. You look better. Breathe, man, breathe. Now, I understand this is some deep stuff. This is some highfalutin theology we're doing here this morning. But if you have the courage to press into it with me, your soul will be filled with the glorious revelation that God not only has been celebrating Christmas for eternity, for eternity. If you are his this morning through faith in Jesus Christ, then he's been celebrating you for eternity. Since he chose to adopt you as his beloved son or daughter in eternity past, that you might enter and enjoy ever-deepening shalom with him now, extending into forever. Think of this with me, that throughout eternity, God the Father has celebrated you as he has celebrated his son, eagerly anticipating the day you would be born and the day you would be born of his spirit. Come to him by faith and enter the God-centered shalom he created you to know and saved you by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone to enjoy remembering as if that's not enough it even gets better we read in ephesians chapter 1 that god chose us in christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless in him which means that it was the eternal plan of god not only to adopt you as his son or daughter in christ but to increasingly sanctify you by helping you to increasingly lay hold of that life, that shalom 
that the Prince of Shalom purchased for you, that rightness with God that brings you rightness with yourself, rightness with others, rightness with the world, and allows you to walk through painful and difficult circumstances knowing that your peace doesn't come from your circumstances but from the Prince of Peace alone. Until that final day when perfect shalom is all you will know. That day's coming. At the end of the age, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, will return not as a baby in swaddling clothes, but as a conquering king. And he will judge the living and the dead and create a new heavens and a new earth where only righteousness dwells and where we who are his will enjoy perfect shalom with him forever. No wonder the angel celebrated so boisterously on that first Christmas Eve with a song that was really the apex of a great crescendo in an eternal symphony that had finally broken into history declaring, long lay the world in sin and error pining. But on that holy night, the long-awaited Prince of Peace had come to fulfill God's eternal promise, his eternal purpose to make all things new to restore shalom to his people by restoring to us a right relationship with Yahweh, with himself, the eternal source of shalom. Guaranteeing that we who are his can increasingly enter and enjoy the shalom that will one day fill the earth by abiding in the the prince of shalom who purchased shalom for us. How do we abide in him? What does it mean to abide in him? It means to, to remain in, to stay close to. It means to find our life in him, to find our hope, our peace, our joy in him. Not in anything that the world can give. This is the promise of the gospel. This is the promise of Christmas. This, in the eternity of God, was his eternal purpose and plan broken into history for us to enjoy today. As I close this morning, I wonder if that's true of you. Do you know Jesus, the Prince of of peace, the prince of shalom. The moment you die to yourself in order to come to life in him through faith is the moment you will begin to enjoy the shalom, the rightness that Jesus purchased for you. Life as it was meant to be, in and under the God who created you to find your life in him. If you know the prince of shalom this morning, if you've trusted the one who lived the perfect life that you don't live, died a sacrificial death to cancel your sin, rose again to bring you new life and reigned so that you can abide in him through his spirit, if you know him this morning, I wonder if you're enjoying the peace he purchased for you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. 
And of course, Jesus said this because the disciples would have no difficulties in the world. He knew that their circumstances would be easy peasy. He's like, dude, everything's a piece of cake from here on out, right? No. Jesus says these words in, 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 that, in that discourse in John the night before he, he dies. And his disciples were stressed. And Jesus knew his disciples were stressed. He knew they were trying to figure out what they were going to do without him. He was leaving, and they were like, no, 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 new plan, different plan, plan B. This one that they had followed as a Messiah for three and a half years, this one that they had given up everything for, this one that many of them would suffer and die for in the years to come, and Jesus knew it. These are the ones, and these are the circumstances in which Jesus says, peace. Shalom, I leave with you. My peace I give to you. But the peace I give is not as the world gives that depends on your circumstances. No, I give you something much more stable. I give you myself. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Here Jesus invites his disciples and invites us into what Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, is a piece that makes no sense. The southern accent is actually in the Greek. Okay, brother, that's true. I'm not, I, okay, yeah. I, it's hard for me to explain. I'd have to get it, use big words to do it. So, But it's there. Paul says that, that he wants us to enjoy peace that surpasses understanding, that per, surpasses comprehension. That doesn't make any sense in the world and can only come from the Prince of Peace, from the God of Peace, who rules over all of our circumstances. Who, as we read in Psalm 139, has written every day of our lives in a book before there was one of them. He knows them all, He ordained them all, which means He's never confused. He never wonders what's going on with Ryan, man. He knows. He's never out of control. He's never wondering what to do next with you. Instead, the Prince of Peace together with the Father through the Holy Spirit is forever causing all things to work together for the capital G good of God's glory and your best as his beloved son. That's his purpose for you. which means God guarantees that we who are his can increasingly enter and enjoy the shalom that will one day fill the earth by abiding in, finding our life in, trusting in, hoping in, resting in the prince of shalom who alone could purchase shalom for us. I wonder this morning if you're allowing something other than the prince of shalom to determine whether you're experiencing peace. Jesus says, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave to you. It's not anything the world can give. Find your peace. Find your shalom in me. Maybe there's a circumstance going on in your life. Maybe it's financial stress. Maybe it's medical. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a mental illness that you're struggling with or somebody you know is struggling with, and you're like, how can I be at peace? Because Jesus says you can. 
My peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. Abide in my peace. And oh, I pray if, if you've never come to the Prince of Peace for salvation, if you've never trusted in Jesus, the Son of God, who through the incarnation became a human being to live the perfect life you don't live, die a sacrificial death to pay the penalty for your sins so that you could be at peace with God and then rose from the dead so that you would have the power to enjoy peace with God. Oh, I pray you trust in Jesus today. Trust in the the Prince of Peace. The moment you lay yourself down to find your life in him is the moment you begin to experience the peace only Jesus can give. We have a prayer room. Heidi does a masterful job. She is such a servant. I just love how you're so faithful, Heidi. And others, elders and others will go back and pray with you as well. If, 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 you're, if you want to know what it means to know Jesus, the Prince of Peace, if you want to know that you're at peace with God, or if, if you want to understand what it means to walk in peace with God, we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to talk with you and point you to the Prince of Peace. But for now, let's prepare our hearts to take the Lord's Supper together. Which it turns out is a, a meal of fellowship with God and his people. If you are a child of God today because you're united to the Prince of Peace by grace through faith, we want you to take this supper, this meal with us this morning as we celebrate the Prince of Shalom together. So during this next song, if you would grab the elements, where are they? Just where are they? Oh, back here. Um, the, the bread and, and the cup, and then go back to your seat, and we will take this meal together as God's people.